remain standing. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, and we'll go on. Now, tonight, I'm going to talk a little more about God's Word than prayer, even though we learned last week they have to go together. If you're going to pray in God's will, you have to know the Bible because that's God's will. If you know the Bible, nothing's going to help you much if you don't learn how to pray. And so we're learning both of these. Go to Luke chapter number 11. Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter number 11, please. Luke chapter number 11. I'll read out loud. You read silently along with me, as is our custom here. And Luke chapter 11, verse number 28 Luke 11 and verse number 28. The Bible says, but he, Jesus, but Jesus, if you would, said, yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word, I'm sorry, blessed are they, yes, that hear the word of God and keep it. Not just hear the word. Hear it and keep it. You get that part? I want you to go to a verse that has a lot of meaning in it. You're in Luke. Go to John chapter number 7. John chapter number 7. In John chapter number 7, then find verse number 17. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. I want to talk to you about knowing and doing God's word. Um, let's pray. Father, thank you for the Bible. Of all the things here on this earth that are temporary, your word will outlast everything. Perhaps more precious than anything, but maybe the soul of a man is the word of God. You said my words shall never pass away. God, I pray that we would realize the importance and the power, the authority of the word of God, how important it is to us, what it is we're supposed to do with it, that we might gain the favor of God by obedience to his word. Bless the dear people tonight. Lord, our hearts are heavy for those that are in trouble when the world somewhere trying to live for Christ, and yet they have been stolen uh, they have been beaten, they have been lied about, imprisoned, and yet here we are in America with the ability to go to church if we choose to, and yet millions have chosen not to. We have Bibles everywhere, some of us multiple Bibles throughout our home, our study, somewhere, and yet we do not read. And then we want to argue Bible and question Bible of something we do not even know anything about or very little about. Help me to help your people tonight. Thank you for those that are here. Dear Lord, watch over those who cannot be here, perhaps those that are at work, those that are too sick to be here. Lord, please help us tonight. Let me help your people. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for being here tonight. In John chapter 7, 17, if any man will, what's the next word? Do. Do his will he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or I speak of myself. Many people are very interested in Bible study. 
people will listen online. They'll buy programs. They'll buy, they'll buy Bible studies from places they don't even know anything about. It just happens to be interesting to them, and they'll try to learn more about the Bible. But we're not sure exactly how to begin a Bible study. You ask a lot of people, say, study your Bible, and they'll go like this. So how do you go about that? How, how do you study the Bible? Just pick it up and start reading. No, that would be reading. That's a good place to go, but we're talking about study. How to go on from there to a better understanding of God's Word. I'm going to go from a Bible study, and I want to have a better understanding of God's Word. How do I go about doing those kinds of things? The very first thing that comes before all else, this is very, very important. You want to be a Bible student. You want to learn your Bible uh, there, there is a right way to go about that. The very first thing is this. In your Bible study, everything will depend upon the spirit by which you approach your Bible study. If you go there to prove an argument, you're not going to get much out of it, if anything. If you go there simply to get a sermon, you may not get anything out of that. If you go there simply to prove an argument, get a sermon, uh, increase your knowledge, I think you're going to be disappointed with the overall what you get out of it, because that is not the reason you should be studying the Word of God. So what is the objective of Bible study? What are we after? What are we trying to accomplish? If we have an objective, and by the way, uh, everything in life for the most part, as in business, uh, athletics, uh, uh, money-making, man is ruled and challenged by the goals that he sets for himself. So a person gets saved and says, I'm going to read my Bible all the way through. I want to get to know God's word. Okay, that's a good goal. How do we, how do we achieve that goal now? Uh, an athlete says, I want to run this race. I want to be in that kind of a game. Okay, so what do I do? There's got to come a way to accomplish or a way to follow and meet that goal. It is no different in the Bible. If your aim and your goal is simply to know the Bible, listen carefully. Don't, don't toss me out. If, you're, if your aim and your goal is to simply know the Bible, you're going to be disappointed. Right. What was your aim for knowing it? What was your purpose for knowing it? Just to know it? I want to know it just to know it? Well, you can go down here on campus and listen to somebody who's never been born again, and they will talk to you all about history, and they'll talk to you all about rulers. They'll talk to you all about facts and figures, and they're not even saved. They don't even know God. So if it's just knowledge you're after, you don't need to come here. You can go down to, on campus and learn from some heathen down there who thinks he knows the Bible. If you think a thorough knowledge of the Bible is a blessing, that is, that's what it's all about, I think you're mistaken again. The Bible is not just for knowledge's sake. Prayer is not just to get on your knees and pray's sake. Bible is not just to learn's sake. It's not just an accumulative of, of knowledge and information and facts and history. That's not what it's about at all. I think you're going to find that you're mistaken if that is your aim, if that's your approach. To some who learn and have knowledge of God's word, believe it or not, it becomes a curse. Very frustrating to them. I want to show you a verse that confused me for the longest time. Go to Ecclesiastes. If you go to the middle of your Bible, that'll be Psalm. Right after that's Proverbs. After Proverbs is Ecclesiastes. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter number 1. I want you to look at a verse here, and when you first read it without any explanation, it seems contradictory to what you've always heard. But watch what it has to say in verse number 18 of chapter number 1. 
For in much wisdom is much, is much grief, and he that increaseth knowledge increases sorrow. Now, that doesn't make sense. Are you kidding me? The more I learn, the more grief it is, the more I desire wisdom, the more heartache that it brings, the more burden that it produces. Why would it be that? Have you ever really known something on how to perform something or do something or you had knowledge of something and nobody would listen to you? Parents, you know what I'm talking about, right? So why won't you listen to me? Uh, and so you're wondering, then why did I learn all of this? There's a lot of things that you learn in the Bible that nobody wants to hear. Nobody, And you keep thinking to yourself, why did I learn this? God, why did you show me this? Wisdom actually at times seems to be a burden. It seems to be a curse, if you would. So many times it's a curse. It's frustration. You look at people and go, why won't you listen to me? Okay, you know the truth. You know the Bible. You want to share that. You want to help and guide other people, but they don't want to hear it. It becomes very frustrating to know the truth sometimes, and nobody will listen to you. It, some, to some people, it, 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 is, it seems to be powerless. It lets the, the thought that, boy, if I read this, it's going to help me do this, and it'll help me do that, and I'll be able to do this, and it doesn't work that way. And you think to yourself, why in the world? I thought this would advantage me by learning the Bible. I would get more power with God, and yet I come to find out I'm more powerless with man. You know where we live, right? This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. This is not our home. This is a wilderness. So when you talk about we're in a fight, a lot of Christians nowadays go, what? What's going on in that church? What do you mean they're in a fight? They're in a battle. What's that all about? Uh, because they do not understand what God said Amen. about the real Christian life. To some people, it is a burden. It depresses them instead of what they assumed would happen to them, what others told them about, oh, it'll give you life and it'll make you happy. I'm going to tell you something right now. There's a lot of things that's on the Christian life not going to make you happy. And if you don't understand certain things, it's not going to make you happy at all. But the only thing that helps you get through some of these things is the understanding of what God said about those times. So you have to understand, we have to have an, the objective of Bible study. What's it for? What should be the real objective to studying the Bible? What are we trying to accomplish? What are we really after? Because God's word is food. Your approach to that, your objective, one of them should be the Bible said, to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. A lot of people sat in church and are spiritually obese. They listen to radio broadcasts, uh, religious. They listen to TV, uh, church time. Uh, they, they pick up books. They read Bibles. They write notes. Oh, boy, I know a lot about the Bible. But they're not doing anything about it. I call that spiritual obesity. They just keep taking it in and don't exert any energy to use what God has given them. So what should be our real objective about the study of God's word? Because God's word is food, the Bible talks about being bread, it's being meat from heaven. The first reason for Bible study is a great hungry to want to know what God says. I want what God talks about. Why, why would you read the Bible? Well, just because it's right. That's your motive. That's what you're after. It is true. It is right. Okay? I'm not saying it's not. But the objective needs to be greater than that. What happens here, a great desire to do all. So when I learn what God has to say, 
my desire for learning is to do. I'm not learning to be learning. I'm not studying just to study. I'm not pulling in facts just to get more facts. Why do I want to do it? What is my objective? My objective to learn is to do, to obey. You just read it there in John 7, 17, that if your will will be his will, if you will do his will, do his will, not understand his will, not read about his will, not, get, not take notes about his will, but do his will, you shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or I speak it of myself. So this is what happens in churches. People come here. They don't take notes. Men don't. Men just don't. Ladies are getting a little lazy on that too, by the way. Uh, They just come in, and you're going to memorize the whole thing. No, you're not. And then you don't read because you're too busy. You're too tired to do too much, and the world is sapping and pulling all of your good strength from you, and we give God a Thursday night. Oh, am I worn out? Look, I understand being worn out. I really do. But there are certain things in this world you need to pay attention. Set up straight. Pay attention. God is is trying to talk to us. Why do I want to understand what God is talking about? So I can do what God is talking about. This is what I want to do. The word of God is light. What, What difference does that make? The Bible says this. The Bible says in John 1, 7, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, you have fellowship one with another. What does God want me to do? Why do I want to walk in the light? Because he's in the light. I want to walk in his light. This is the light. God's word brings light. In a dark world, it brings light. In your dark soul, it brings light. In your dark brain, it brings light. God's word, God himself, is light. And in God, there is no shadow of turning or variableness of of darkness at all. God is light. If I'm going to walk with God, I have to walk in this. I had to walk, walk, it's a verb. So what I need to do is not just know it, I need to do what I'm learning, what I'm reading. Folks, if you don't do what you hear, what are you accomplishing? What are we trying to accomplish more than knowledge? And yeah, I know that. Yeah, you ever try to talk to a backslider that knew a lot of Bible one time? You know what they always say? I know that. I know that. I used to do that. Yeah, I know that. Problem is, they're not doing it anymore. Okay, for example, all you got to do is say, look, just get on your face and tell God, repent, tell him you're sorry, get right with God. I know that. But they won't do it. Now they become hopeless in their own mind, in their own heart, and the devil has them up against a wall. In Luke chapter 11, verse 28, said, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it, and keep it. That conjunction right there is simply telling you, here's the word of God. As soon as you hear that, as soon as you figure that out, keep it. That's yours. You keep that now. That's what you're supposed to do. So all of this coming to church at the Anchor Baptist Church and all the truth that you learn here and all the Bible that you learn here and all the experience that God gives you here is for you to do that. It's not just to sit there and listen. That's not what it's for at all. There is no blessing in hearing only or knowing only the word of God. There's no blessing in that. The blessing comes in the doing. Why do I want to hear? Why do I want to know if I'm not going to do? The blessing comes in the doing of God's word. As I just said, God's word is nothing if not kept and obeyed. That's like a person saying, uh, I believe in tithing, but they don't. Then you don't. All it is is a belief. If a person does not do what they say they believe, they do not believe what they are telling you. 
Because if they believed it, they would do it. You understand? Does that make sense? Okay, good. Wonderful. According to the scripture, all true knowledge of God's word depends first upon being or having the will to want to do it. Why do you want to know what God has to say? Well, because it's right. That's true. Why do you want to know the truth? Well, because I think God wants us to. Okay, you're right again, but why? Ready? Big word. Dio. To do. There's no sense learning your Bible if you're not going to do your Bible. God already knows if your will is not to do his will, you're not going to understand God at all. You never will. Why? Because the learning is in the doing. Remember when I teach you about children that you obey so you'll understand? So you do what you're told. It begins to make sense, right? Um, Psalm 110.11 or 111.10 is what it says. It teaches the, the principle of doing brings understanding. It's not the other way around. You don't understand so you can do. When it comes to God and what he has to say, you do, and that brings understanding. You parents know that, right? How does your child learn not to touch the hot stove? By understanding? No, hopefully they'll learn by simply saying, don't. Commands, right? They don't even understand what made it hot. That little knob made it hot? How's that work? They don't need to know that. What they need to do is obey, and they will learn that's hot. That's why it doesn't say children understand your parents. It says children obey your parents. Just like the Bible tells us to obey God. It doesn't say understand. You're never going to understand God. It's too vast. So God said, okay, here's what, here's what we're going to start. Like a child, you're going to learn by doing, and you'll understand as we go along together. All right? You understand that? So why do I want to learn the Bible? I want to learn my, the will of God so that I can do the will of God. God will unlock the real meaning. This is amazing. When you, when you read your Bible in the morning, again, I try to let you know this. Does God talk to you in the morning? Does God talk to you when you're reading? Do you, do you read? Okay, never mind. So when, when you're doing this, it's like you're sitting there and like somebody else, like you're having a conversation back and forth. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, it is good. Yeah, that's interesting. God, you're trying to tell. Is that what they did back then? There's nobody in the room but me. I'm not schizophrenic. I'm simply telling you that while I'm reading this, I take this as God talking to me about his word. But why do I want to learn it? Why do I want to know that? What is the object of trying to learn so I can do God's will? The reward is in doing God's will. The pleasure to God is in doing God's will. I must read God's word with one purpose, whatsoever he saith, do. So when you read your Bible, when you hear the Bible being preached, what is your objective? What, what, is, what is the end of all of that for you? I got stacks of notes. I got 14 Bibles, all kinds of stuff underlined. Oh, yeah, I know where to find that in the Bible. Is that, so it's an informational book only. It's a knowledge book only. That's, that's all I get out of it. It's a, I can check off the box that I read. Is that what we're getting out of this? What is the objective behind all of that? All of that's true. You have to get in a habit of reading or you're never going to study. And for those of you that keep saying I'm not much of a reader, you're sliding yourself. Learn. It's like anything else. You have to learn how to enjoy reading. And if God gave a book that said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my, ready for this, words, words 
shall never pass away. If I'm going to get to know God's words, I've got to read it. In order to read it, I need a dictionary because there's a lot of words in here. I, thank you. I need to learn the definition of. Without learning definitions, you're not going to come up with the right solution and answer to what God's taught. It takes some work. It takes work to learn about God. Now, you'll give your all to physical labor and somebody out there in the world. He said, well, I have to do that. What you have to do is obey the Lord. See, we're getting this thing backward, and it's costing us. So the objective of Bible study is to do what God says. The importance of words. God gave us a book full of words, didn't he? God's not here. God's in heaven. Jesus isn't here. He's sitting right here in the Father. I do have the Holy Spirit, though, living inside of me. And, and, and I have a book full of his words as if God himself were here and said, there, that's what you need today. That's, that's, there's your answer right there. So God gave me this book here. Example, suppose a man wills to do something for you, whatever that something is. He said, you know something? I'm going to do this for you. So he sets out to do that. Now, before he does it, he expresses his thoughts and purpose with words. You say, what are you talking about? And he begins to tell you with words what he's going to do. I want to do something for you, and here's what I'm going to do. And then he stops. What good was any of that? None. What happens is the words actually fall between the words by doing what he's promised. So we find out here between the words and the deed is what a man decides to do. Will you do the words that God says? So I had the words. and Let me show you what God did in all of this. So this, this is also the way God works. His words have their value in them because he does what he says. He is, if you would, a man of his word. That's lacking today, isn't it? It's like we almost can't wait to get out of something, right? Well, yeah, I told the guy I'd buy the car, but, you know, uh, a couple of the tires are getting bald. I mean, I've only driven it for three years, and he still wants me to pay for the thing. You're looking. You're not looking to keep your word. When we first got this building, I'll just show you what God does. God saved you and said, I'll give you eternal life. What if I do this? God gave his word. It's not depending upon whether the whole thing goes sour or not. God gave his word. So God gave his word, and he does what he says. This is what makes the difference between you and I and a lot of people, or should. I gave you my word, and I will keep my word. I gave you my word, and I will perform my word. You say, what if there's a misunderstanding? Then I will pay for it. We're, we're, we're bent on proving every little thing that we say that we're right above everything. I don't care how many lies we destroy. I'm going to prove that I'm right. You know, Jesus didn't even do that. They lied about him, and guess what he did? He opened on his mouth. My, he knew he was right. He knew he was doing the will of the Father. We have bought into fighting for our rights. Politically, physically. My sister was getting ready to smack some guy in the head tonight. Did anyone? No. Some guy followed her in, in our parking lot tonight, banging on her window, telling him, come out and fight like a man. Uh, and uh, so we sent Brother Cordry out there, and he settled the whole thing down. Now, if I were to say, does God always do what he says? 
Okay, let me give you the right answer. Yes, he does, okay? God who cannot lie. If God makes a statement, if God makes an in insinuation, God does what he says, all right? We're supposed to be like our Father in heaven. That is the design. So the more I learn, why am I learning? To do. God always keeps his word. So God gives his word, and the authority, what gives it its value is that God says, see, I kept it. When you give people your word and so many times you don't keep it, it has no value anymore. God's word keeps its value down through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years because God, who cannot lie, always keeps his word. I can rely on God's word because God always fulfills what he says. Why do I want to learn God's word? I want to be like God. Don't take that wrong. In that... When I give my word, especially if it's something that God says in here, I'm going to keep it. I don't care if you think I'm losing or not. I've got to keep what God said. Now, I know this is foreign to a lot of people. Yeah, but, yeah, but, see how we do? Well, I know a guy that we're already offering excuses before we're even obeying what God said. Uh, I don't want to get off on all that. Solomon says, if you want to go to 2 Chronicles, I'm I'm going to skip through some verses here. 2 Chronicles chapter number 6. Solomon also says at the consecration of the temple. Now, he's getting ready to, to consecrate the temple, Solomon's temple. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, here's what he says about God. Here's what he says about God. Starting in verse number 6, you'll see here. He says, who hath with his hands fulfilled that which he spake with his mouth. So he's saying God fulfilled what he spake. In other words, he said it first, and then he fulfilled it. All right, you, you see that if, if you're looking there? Then he goes on down through and he says, the Lord hath performed his word that he has spoken. He's reiterating that God is good to his word. He said, I told you I would do this, I would do this. Does not God said, I will save whoever comes to me? I will in no wise cast out. Is that not what he said? So when people go, well, God just won't save me. You're a liar. That's not true. God said, I will, I will not cast anybody who comes to me. I will not cast you out. The Bible also, every promise that God made, God fulfills. I don't care how far in the future, God will keep his word. God has value and God has proven his word. This is the problem we have in our marriages. It's the problem we have with our children. It's the problem we have in churches. It's the problems we have in our society. People will no longer keep their word. Now, we're all for that when it concerns somebody else. Yeah. That guy's a liar, not keeping his word. How about you? How about you? We're supposed to be like our father, right? God always keeps his word, even if it hurt him. He keeps his word. So he goes on, he says this, the Bible says, thou hast kept that which thou hast promised him and spakest with thy mouth. He said, you kept that. What you promised and what you spoke, you kept. Ladies and gentlemen, why do I want to read the Bible? Why do I want to learn the Bible? I want to do God's will. God, when Jesus was here, I come to do thy will, O Father. I come to do the Father's will. That's what he did. He didn't come in just to talk about it. He come here to show us how to do God's will, to do God's will, to do God's will. Why do I want to learn the Bible? People go on radio. They go on TV. Uh, they, they take all kinds of, of studies from all over to learn more, to learn more, to learn more. Why? Why are you doing that? I want to know God's word. Okay, but why? 
Well, because I think it's the right thing. It is, but why? What is your objective? What are you trying to accomplish? The Bible says the reason that God, he said this, he did that. God said, you do this. If your will will become my will, you'll know. Do you want to do my will? So when you enter into Bible study or learning about the Bible, your main objective should be, I want to do what God says, but I don't know what that is. So I'm going to study the Bible, but my, my intention, my will is to do his will. That's what I'm after. In Ezekiel 36, 36, he said this, I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. That's your Father in heaven. If you're saved, your Father in heaven says, this is what I do. I say something, I do it. I keep my word. That's why I gave my word, to show you I'll keep my word. Thank the Lord we have a Bible that every promise in there is fulfilled. Everything God says, God will do. Everything God said, God does. This is the way, so the Bible reiterates this all the time. In Jeremiah 32, 24, what thou hast spoken is done. You know, in the very beginning, is that not what God did? God spoke. Did he not? Can I ask you something? After that, was it done? Yes, it was. So from the very beginning of mankind and time, God said, I'll speak this, it was done. I speak this and it was done. I speak this and it was done. God showed us over and over again why we want to learn about God, to do what God says to do. So the objective in Bible study is to do what God says, to do it, not just learn it, not just understand it, to do it. And it's amazing how much more quickly you can understand God's word by doing God's word. How can you do what you don't know? Uh, it's really not that tough, okay? Uh, let me see. Um, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but the much more as you see the day approaching. Assembling. You can't do that with your TV at home. You can't do that. You're sitting on your couch. You're not assembling. You're, you're, you're munching out and, and, and falling to sleep and Everybody that's there may be assembling, but you're not. And whatever happened to the local church? So we go on and on and on. The reason I want to know these things is not just to show up other people or prove arguments. It is so I can do what God wants me to do. The importance of words, what God says, he fulfills. God wants us to do the same thing. So God said, look here, let me show you some of my promises. And I want you to know this right now. See that promise? I fulfill that promise. You see that word right there? I do that word right there. God wants to encourage you to know that what you read in here, I perform. I do it. Even as far back as the beginning of time for mankind, in the beginning, God said, let that happen. It happened. God did, said, do this. It did it, right? The same thing, Solomon's temple, which we just got through reading about there in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 4, 10, 15, and 16. I read parts of that right there. God said, what my mouth opened and said, that I performed. God wants you to know this is his word. God will perform this. Do you know this? If you know it, will you do this? If you do it, God will bless your life. Why? Because that's the promise that he has. It's really not that, it's nothing magical about it. It's not hocus pocus. It's not, oh, if I do this, he'll do that. No, God said, look, I do this for everybody. Why do you want to know God's word? You know there are whole bookstores about the Bible. I have 2,000 plus books in my library right here. Why? Actually, I don't use them a whole lot anymore. I have my Bible, my concordance, and... Uh, 
uh, Noel Webster's 1828 Dictionary. I want to know what God has to say. Now, everybody can use help from time to time. I'm not saying don't buy books. Some of you just need to learn how to read. I'm, read. Okay, don't just look up facts. What does that mean? There it is, preacher. What's that mean? I don't know. You said you wanted to know. Okay, learn. Learn. Why do I want to learn? So I can do. I don't learn to put people down, though I'm good at that. I, I'm learning. I'm just kidding. I'm learning so I can do what God wants me to do. Do you, do you understand? And so the importance of words, what God says, he will fulfill. So I want to do what God says. Then God makes the promise that, look, I will do what I say. I will fulfill what I told you. Number three, the doing of God's word. I'm almost done. The things in God's word that he instructs and commands, he wants us to do. Um, you know, even when I don't try, I offend people. don't mean to. We're lazy. Especially on a spiritual level, we're lazy. Now, we can work 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 hours in a week. If we have to, we'll do it. Bless God, we'll figure out how to do it. We'll make it work somehow. I want everybody in here to write a sermon for Sunday morning, between now and Sunday morning. You should know enough Bible, right? You've been at it a long time. Some have been saved 20, 30, 40, 50 years. You don't know enough Bible to write out a lesson for Sunday morning and present? You don't know how to do that? Then what are you doing all the study for? What was the college for? What was the high school and Christian school for? Why do you have all those books in your home for? Why do you sit in church and take all those? What are you trying to do with them? What are you? You're not doing. That's the problem. So it's not advantaging you and probably not many other people either. And so if we do not do them, if we seek to know them, if we admire the beauty of God's promises and the praise that the wisdom is there, but we do not do them, we deceive ourselves and go away empty. This is where people go, I don't get anything out of the Bible. Before you started, did you let God know, God, I want to do what you want me to do? That would be the key to God saying, oh, so you, you, you want to know so you can do. And God begins to open up his word because he wants you to do his word. I hope this is making sense to everybody. God's promises are meant to be done, not just learned. It is only when we do them that they're real meaning and blessing. Um, this, this thing about giving. Well, what a great concept God come up with. Amen. Yeah. Notice he didn't say receiving. Now something. Now, in our society, it's better to receive than give, right? Sure it is. I need, I need, I need. Somebody give me, I want to receive, right? God says, no, no, that's not where the real blessing's at at all. All of us have need at times, and somebody needs to help, right? God has that in his word also. But the fact of the matter is, I never thought that was true. How can it be more, I think it's getting warm in here. How can it be more blessed to give than to receive? How is that possible? Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. Until you do it, you'll never know, even though the Bible says. Right. You have to do that. And then one day, while you're sitting there watching, you'll go like this. Man, that was good. I don't mean the air conditioner just kicked on. You, you simply say to yourself, uh, one day we started off like so many people did. We have two nickels to rub together. And, I mean, it was, it was tough. I know you don't believe that. You don't believe my stories anymore, but... 
it was tough back in those days. Um, and, and the thing is, what would you do? We just kept obeying the Lord, believing what he said, doing what was right. And now, like I promised the Lord, I promised the Lord. Look up here. I promised the Lord that if he will help me. Well, what God did, God said, well, I have to teach you some things first. Like a teacher in a school, ladies and gentlemen, what good does it do them to teach them if you're not going to learn? And why do I want to learn so you can do? That's where the payoff is. The teacher later on down the road, when you grow up and you're out on your own, they're going like this. I taught them. Well, look how they turned out. I taught them. Look how they turned out. Your heavenly father looks at you and goes, I taught them that. And the joy is in, the reward is in the doing. And the same thing with giving. Whether it's giving or, 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 or helping somebody when they're birth, whatever the case is, Amen. you find out that the reward is in what you give away that God has taught you. Amen. All of the knowledge you have up here isn't doing anybody any good. Well, I'm saved and I don't want to talk about it. It isn't doing anybody any good. Go tell somebody. Isn't that what he said? Okay, now you go into all the world. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go, go, go. Go do it now. I taught you, now go do it. Right? This is what teachers do. Teachers say, okay, I taught you, I taught you. Everybody should know this by now. Now we're going to see if you can do it. You know what that means, right? Test time. Yes, ma'am. Test time, okay? And so it is only when we do them that we realize and get the full meaning that God can now reveal to us, see, that's what I meant by all of that. Oh, now it makes sense in the doing. Um, my wife, The first new car we ever had was a 1974 Dodge Charger, 318, and uh, my wife drove it. Uh, I was driving a pea green, pea, pea green Renault, five on the shifter. I could sit in the driver's seat and put my hand out the window over here. I mean, it was like a little box, kind of like the Cube, or a lot smaller than that, that you see goofy people driving around in today. Now, sure enough, somebody in here has got one of those. I apologize. And so uh, I would drive, and it had four-wheel independent suspension, so it looks like the wheels were doing this all the time. And here I am, and she's driving around in a brand-new car. Uh, for some reason, the clutch went out. We won't go into details. And uh, actually, it happened twice. I had no idea how to work on a car. To this day, I will not work on a car. So I was in the middle of my crying and tears and snot running down my face. Evidently, somebody in church over there had compassion on me and said, look, you can bring it over to my house, put it in my garage, and uh, we'll work on it there. And I said, oh, good. He's going to do this for me. We went over there, we shoved it in the garage, he pulled down the door, and he said, my ratchets are over there, screwdrivers are there, other tools you're going to need are there, and he walked out. Yeah, I know you won't believe this. I didn't even know what a bell housing was. Now, you think it's part of the family, but it's not. <laughs> I had no idea what a pressure plate is, and by the way you're looking at me, you don't know either. I had no idea what this stuff was. I'm laying underneath of the car. What she did, what somebody did, the clutch went out. I'm lying underneath the car crying. 
He just walked out and left me there. You know what that will cause you to do? Stay there and cry or learn. You're going to have to learn. But I don't know. See, this is what we do with the Lord. Well, I read that and read that, but I don't understand what that. Do it. Amen. The learning is in the doing. Yes. God gave you instruction. Just take slot A, put it in slot B. But it doesn't make it just do what the instructions say. If you do that, you're going to find out pretty soon you start getting understanding and knowledge. You're starting to put things together now. Amen. You have to understand, until you start doing, it's not going to do you a bit of good. And this is why we want to learn our Bible. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 10, Walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful unto every good work. You know what he's saying? You walk worthy, pleasing, and then you'll be fruitful. You don't walk pleasing to the Lord, you're not going to bring forth good fruit. This is not going to happen. Then he goes on, he says, increasing in the knowledge of the Lord. So in other words, as I obey what I've learned, I start to bring forth and I get more knowledge from God. Folks, why do you carry this? Or do you know where yours is? Do you know why you carry this? Well, we have some back here in this room if some of you left yours here. I said the other day, I, I maybe it was in here, no, it was in someplace else, and I thought to myself, this is, to me, this is like a woman's purse in that stuff in here belongs to me. I have notes and thoughts God gave me. This, this is mine. Right. I have one Bible as good as another. You're a person that don't study a whole lot. Right. Yes, that King James Bible is just like that King James Bible. Well, that purse is real similar to that one, but the stuff that's in there is your stuff. That's your personal book. That's what you got out of it. And so all of this writing and all this stuff that I put inside of here, all of this stuff in here, that's not for you. That's for me. These are thoughts and notes and outlines and descriptions that God gave me while I was spending time with him. And it's amazing how you begin to do that. You go, I wonder why that was pointed out. You ever do that when you're reading your Bible? You ever do that in prayer? You're just praying and all of a sudden you're going like this. Well, that makes sense now. Does God not talk to you? Do you? Does God not ever lead you in thought? When you're reading the Bible, is it never come to the place where you go, well, God, I wonder what that meant. And there's nobody in the room but you. God is real. He's not a figment of our imagination. If we think real hard, he's really kind of there. That's not the way it works. His word is eternal. If you do his word, which should be your objective, should be your motive for wanting to learn, is to get to know God. Why do I want to get to know God? So I can, like Jesus did, I come to do thy will, O Lord. I come to do thy will. I come to do thy will. I didn't come to learn thy will. I come to do thy will is what we're after. The principle is true in any pursuit of knowledge or any kind of business. The student or the apprentice is expected to put into practice what they've been taught. Is that not the way it works on your job? You're learning, you're learning, you're learning. Just, so you, just keep learning. Don't worry about it. The only thing we care about is you keep learning. That's not what they do. Pretty soon they want you to start doing, right? And then you come to find out the more you do it right, payoff. Oh, there's your motivation factor. But God says eternal reward. Also in this life and in the life to come. That's not too bad. 
right? Not too bad for a guy who started off as a drug addict, right? Don't tell me God's not good to his word. He said, well, you did it all right. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm worse than Fernando. That's pretty bad. Yeah, okay, there we go. So there go. I mentioned your name again. How about that? Yeah, preacher, way to go. You're welcome. <laughs> Bible study has little value for life of true holiness for the Christian until he disciplines himself to obey what his father has been teaching him. Is this not true with children? You're not happy because you taught your kids until they start obeying. If they don't obey... Are they learning? Well, they're just hard-headed. I wonder if God says that about us. You know what he still wants us to do? Obey me. You know why he wants us to obey? Because if we don't, he's going to crack us with a ball bat. No, that's not what God's after. You know what God's after? He wants to spend time with us. He wants us to walk together. How can two walk together lest they be agreed? God doesn't have to agree with me. I have to agree with him. In order to do that, I have to know him. Why do I want to know him? So that I can do what he's asking me. Every child should want to do what their parents want them to do. If it's right at all, do that. We have a father in heaven. We're his children. There's a purpose for this book. And this book is telling us, do what I ask you to do. Amen. Children, obey your parents. We're called children. He's called the Father. We have an elder brother called Jesus Christ. Is that right? So God is simply saying, you want the reward? You have to learn to do what you've been instructed. The Bible talks about a, a father that has a rebellious son. Throughout Proverbs, talks about that all the time. He says nothing good about it. Nothing good about it at all. All you want to do is, I gave you instruction. Do the instruction, and reward starts coming that way. We'll go to this one verse, and I'll be done. Go to uh, Proverbs. I'm hoping I can find it. Uh, not Proverbs, but this verse. <laughs> I know what Proverbs is. Um, Go to uh, Proverbs 23, verse 16. Proverbs 23, 16. If you're always fussing with God and you're always pulling away from God and you're always uh, doing what you think needs to be done and I can't do that, I don't care what God said, I've never been able to perform that, I, I know he says this, but that doesn't work for me, you're a rebellious child. Yeah, yeah, just, just accept it. You're a rebellious child. You know, watch what it says here. Look at chapter 23, verse number 16. Yea, my reign, now this is a father talking to his son. Yea, my reigns shall rejoice when thy lips speak right things. You know what you got out of that? Nothing. But here's what he means. He simply said, reins are what you pull back and guide a horse. That you make it mind and you make it do what you want it to do by the reins. And you keep tight reins. If that horse keeps trying to pull all the time, you keep it tight so you can, you can tell. And the father says, that's the way I'm going to be with you until you learn how to start acting right and talking right. When you do, I will ease up on the reins. Some people think God's awful mean on them. Why would God do that? I just don't want to. I don't, don't think that's necessary. Why can't I do this? Well, that doesn't make sense to me. And so God said, because he loves you. Right. 
God pulls back on those reins and says, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to keep close eye on you till you start obeying, till you start saying. The father will ease up his control when the child begins to talk as he should and give proper answers. Now, you know what we talk about. Yeah, but I've never really believed that. And dad, how come we have to do that? What are they saying? I don't want to do that. I, I don't agree with you. I want to do what I want to do. That is natural rebellion that you need to pull back on a little bit. But you have been taught the more you pull back, the more they're going to resist. Okay, then what's your plan? You mind the pediatricians of today and the child psychologists of today. You're going to have a mess on your hands. But we have bought into that and not even realized that. God says more about raising children than anybody else ever. He has had more kids than any pediatrician or child psychologist would ever have met or talked about. Why will we not obey God? The reason we don't see the outcome and the fruit of what God says because we're not obeying what God says. And it won't do you a bit of good to study about marriage or tithing or children or church growth. Or, it won't do you a bit of good because you're, the, the objective behind all that is to do thy will, O Lord. Amen. I want to do it. If I knew what it was, I would do it. So I'm going to read, not to just be reading. I'm going to read, not just to get a head full of facts. I'm not going to read just to prove an argument or get a sermon. Right. I want to spend time with God. Amen. Why? So I can do as well. Two cannot walk together lest they be agreed. And this is what we have to do. It was this way from the very beginning in the Old Testament, and I don't want to go there, so I'll go to the last page. It is the doing of God's will, so it was with God's own son. The secret to the entrance of God's word is I want to know so I can do it. That's honest, isn't it? How much does it thrill the parent when the child says, Dad, what do you want me to do? Can I help you? What do I do? But when they're always pulling, always fussing with everything, you say, well, that's just their nature. What's the Bible talk about nature? It's sinful. It doesn't say give into it. It says it's sinful. It needs to be corrected. And by the way, some of us older people, we need some correcting. Okay, ready? Yes, we do. Okay, we treat you like kids. Yes, we do. Come on, class. Yes, we do. The Bible says the heart is desperately wicked, and who can know it? We are wicked people. And because you got saved, you still have a sinful nature. So God said this. Okay, look here. Look here. Do this. Well, I don't understand. He didn't ask you to understand. He said do it. As you do it, it starts making sense. Uh, you see these lights in here? Now, there's probably one person who really understands why all this works, and he's sitting back there. Right, Paul? You know what I do? I come in and flip a switch. Look, lights. I don't even understand electricity. But I can do that. And it's amazing, as I do that, it begins to make a little more sense. He didn't start off with a degree or whatever he's got in electrical engineering. Is that what you got? And uh, nobody starts off at birth with a degree. Unless you have a temperature. <laughs> How's it going, right? What you do, you do a lot of things without understanding. You just don't realize it. 
You walk on this planet and don't realize what's holding you down here. Now somebody, well, you see, it's gravity, and gravity does this. And uh, Okay, so now you understand that. Do you know you were walking on this earth before you understood anything? So you were doing things you didn't understand. And think what you would have missed out on had you never learned how to walk. Had your parents not forced you to get back up and try it again. Quit giving up on the Lord. The reward is in the doing of his word because God makes promises and says, I always keep my promise. Everything I promise, I do, I fulfill, I keep my word. So when I read the Bible and I read something else, that sounds awful hard to do. But God promised, God said, God will, I know he will. God always does that so I can trust him, so I can do whether I understand or not. I don't understand why Jesus would die for us. I know what the Bible says, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Scarcely for a good man, some would dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That doesn't make sense. Dying for a good person, dying for somebody you love, okay, that kind of makes sense. But what about people that hate you? What about people that sinned against you? What about people who what they did put you on a cross? Why would you die for, that doesn't make sense to me. Boy, am I glad he did. He did that to keep his word. Ladies and gentlemen, you read your Bible to learn about God. Hold it, that's not the end result. To do, and when we do, boy, will it begin to make sense. Boy, will you begin to produce the fruit. Why? Because now you're walking along with the Father. Now this makes sense. Do you know why God wants us to do that? Why God? So if you're going to preach a sermon Sunday morning, You say, I think I'm getting sick. <laughs> There's people already that do that. On, on Monday, they go, I don't know if I can make it to church next week. I think I'm feeling bad already. <laughs> you know what I do? No, I'm going to be there. I don't get sick. So I tell people, oh, preacher, I remember a day back in 1962, you were sick. Okay. Some, you get sick just about every other weekend or so. Amen. And you can't figure out. Why you keep fussing with what God wants you to do? Amen. Why are you reading? Well, because I don't want to be one of those people that don't stand up on Sunday night. You know how embarrassing that is. <laughs> Preacher kind of looks at you and goes, what? Is that that's your motivation? Me? <laughs> Quit being so honest, will you? You got anything nice to say, be quiet. Should it not be, I want to learn? Why do you want to learn? I want to do thy will, O Lord. I want to know. In order to know, I have to be willing to do his will. Right off the bat, i got to approach it with the right spirit. Here's my right spirit. God, I yield, and I want to do what you want me to do. I don't want to just read it. I don't want to just learn it. I want to do it. And when you do that, I'm just telling you, it begins to open up to you. So the word of God, now I'm going to go to prayer. I've been meditating on the word of God. I've been reading the word of God. I've yielded that I want to do it, and I'm going to go to prayer. Now, in my prayer, the Holy Ghost of God with my meditation goes, boy, I just read that in the Bible the other day. See, he's the author of the Bible. He lives inside of me. Both of them want what's right and what's truth. Now that I know, he can tell me, and in my prayer, he can point things out to me. 
oh, you know, before we get started, you really need to go forgive those people. I just don't think I have to. See, you don't want to do God's will. You don't want to do his will. You make every excuse on why you can't. Then why would God tell you ought to? Tithes and offerings, same way. Going to church all the time, same way. Everything God says is your motive to, I want to learn this so I can do it, or I want to learn it so I can find a way around it. I don't think we plan it that way. But is that your first excuse is why you can't? God said this is the way you train up children. Well, we just can't do it. Wait a minute. You're reading the Bible to do his will. So when it says beat the fire out of them, well, it doesn't say that, but you know what I meant. Chasten thy child while there is hope. While the, well, we have hope, so while we still have her, beat the tar out of them kids. You understand? Oh, I love them too much. Look, God said you don't. Now, come on, folks. We want to do the Bible or we don't want to do it. We want to read the Bible and like the parts we like and throw out the rest on that we can't, or we're going to try to do the whole thing because that's what God wants. If that's what God wants, I want to do his will. And when I do his will, he said, now, listen to me. I always keep my promises. So when you do my will, I keep my word. That ought to encourage you to want to do that. Father, thank you for the Bible. Help us, please.